Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Stories from Bittersweet Farm. And I want to do something kind of unusual. I'm I'm spending the day pretty much alone. I was at the church this morning uh, at about seven to nine for an elders meeting and then had some fellowship in the at the church with some folk until about almost noon. But then, and I'll visit my parents tonight, but I have a plan to be pretty much alone on a Saturday, preparing my heart for the Lord's day. And, and, and just, and this is a great time to spend time alone and spend time considering uh, future teachings, writings and such. And I've had an idea in my mind. I want to talk to you about a bit. Uh, I'll share it with you. And I think it'll be a, a real encouragement uh, to you. And, uh, and so, but today, as I was just making the bed early in the morning, I was uh, just thinking, well, I'm going to spend the day alone today with the Lord, and I'm going to uh, prepare my heart, and I'm going to do some study, and it'll, it'll be a sweet day. Um, though I will miss my family uh, and intentionally choose not really to spend the day with others, uh, I will spend the day quietly with my uh, head in the Word and, and thinking uh, and praying and being with the Lord. And then on the way uh, to the elders meeting, the sun was just coming up the sky. And I was listening to Fernando Ortega, the song, Give Me Jesus. And, and the, 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 the uh, lyrics of the song go through a series of, and when I come to die, give me Jesus. And when I am alone, give me Jesus. And I thought, huh. So I was thinking, when I am alone, give me Jesus. This is today alone with Jesus. I've been thinking about something I want to pass along to you, and it, and it, it has to do with story. And so stay with me on this, and I think this will be enriching for you. Have you ever noticed in the Bible and in Christian conversation, you frequently run into big, hard words? And I have this theory, and that is usually a big, hard word uh, has a story behind it. And when you understand the story behind the big, hard word, then the word will have a richness to you that it was intended to have uh, in the Bible. Now, you know, I think scholars call this semantic range, but for the common person, it's the story behind the word and how the word is used. And, 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 and when you sometimes study not only how the word is used, but the, but the, but the story behind the, what the word means, then you, you find a richness there. And, and let me give you an example. Uh, an example would be words that are commonly used for preaching. Uh, like, for instance, evangel is a word that, that and the idea behind it, the, the UN galleon there, is the, the idea is you, is the person who, when there was a war, was sometimes used like this, there was a war, and everyone at home was waiting with had loved ones that are involved in the war, and everyone at home was waiting for news of the outcome of the of the of the battle and when the battle was won the uh, evangel would would run back with the good news that the victory was won and preaching the gospel is like running back to people who are awaiting the outcome of a great conflict and declaring the victory that's what preaching or witnessing is running back to people who are in fear and awaiting news of the conflict that that uh, Jesus has won and a, and a great victory has been won. Uh, there's the word that that's that's the word that uh, Caruso, the one that 
is uh, used for the herald, the idea of the herald, the person who has an announcement that comes from the king to the people. Uh, and, and, the, and the herald comes out to the, to the people, and among the people he announces a message, not his own message, but a message from the king, a message with the authority of the king. And preaching is announcing a message from the king. And preaching is running back to the people with the good news of victory. And preaching is testifying, is telling what you have seen. There's another Greek word that means to testify or to tell what you've seen or what you've experienced. Preaching is telling what you've seen and what you've experienced. Just think of the power of a person who has a message that's a good news message that he's run breathlessly back from the battlefront with declaring the victory or coming into the presence of people from the presence of the king with a message from the king or testifying of his own experience or her own, what she's seen and knows and has experienced. Or another word is to proclaim or to broadcast loudly to a large group, proclaiming something, shouting in the person who has something to say, and they go into a large group and they shout it out with, with boldness there. And another Greek word that's translated preach means to discuss, like the person who sits down and has a give-and-take gospel conversation and a, and a give-and-take of listening and a talking. So if you think about that, imagine there was a person who went to the battlefront, who heard the news of victory, who runs back. That's the evangel. There's the person who goes into the presence of the king, and the king gives him a message, and he goes to declare, to announce officially this message among the people. That's the herald or the person who's seen and experienced something, and they go to the people and say, this is what I've experienced. We testify. Or the person who, who has something that's so momentous, so wonderful, they, they are bold and they broadcast it to a large group loudly. Or the person who sits down in a meaningful way and has a give and take, a conversation. These are all, there are Greek words for each of these, that, and the words are translated to preach uh, or, or to share the truth about God. And, and to me, that's encouraging, that's heartening. We think of the power that we have with this message that we have, a message of hope. And this is a hopeless time, a time of great hopelessness. People are in, in great peril and great fear and great anxiety and great depression. It's like a wave of hopelessness has darkened all of the world, affected every church in the world, almost without exception. But God's people still have the the, the privilege of preaching or making the good news known, they, they still have the privilege of running back to the people with a message of victory, of coming from the presence of king with a message that's come from the very king of the universe, of testifying of their own experience, of proclaiming loudly and boldly to a large group something good, or to sit down and, and help people untangle the knots and, and have a, a meaningful conversation. This we can do. Now, now, when I think about this, I think about well, the church has been kind of um, has kind of been muffled in a way. It's like oh, we can only have a few in the building, or we can have a meeting in the parking lot, or we can have a few on the lawn, or we've got to have masks and be distanced, and people are afraid, and numbers are fewer. Oh, there's maybe if more are watching online, but how 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 engaged are they? We don't know, and and it would be easy to lose our hope and to forget the power of what we have, the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit, the, 
the power of the message that we have. It'd be easy to lose hope along with the hopeless world. But it's with those without God that are without hope, not those of us who are who have God and have the message. And so here's the here's the thing I've often thought about. I've often thought, I remember going to a bookstore in Grand Rapids years ago and finding a book and reading the entire book and thinking about the message of that book. And the book really kind of emphasized the simplicity of the idea of meeting in small Jesus clusters, little groups of people considering the Jesus message. And then when some believe, they, re- they believe and repent and they're baptized and they become a part of the, the Jesus uh, a movement, and they meet in little Jesus clusters, if you will. That's really what it's all about, going back to that. And think about this. During this time of pandemic crisis or fear, uh, ordinate or inordinate, during this time, nothing could really stop a revival of the Jesus movement. Nothing could really hinder that. As a matter of fact, the circumstances that we're in now could actually enhance that we could take advantage of this to train our people to take the message from the king, the message of victory, the message of good news, the opportunity to dialogue to the people, the hopeful people, to the hopeless people. We could take, if we find someone who's, who wants to sit down around the fire and talk about what's happening in the world today and what the Bible has to say about it. Who needs a, a message from the king? Who needs a, a declaration of victory? Uh, who needs a, a bold proclamation? Who needs a personal testimony? And and where where could we go to, to band together initially with group, small groups of Christians in prayer and identifying who we would reach? And then eventually in, in, in missional small groups, can we call it that, in little clusters of Christians that are meeting for missional purpose. Initially, they meet to pray, how are we going to obey Jesus? And then they, they begin to, to identify what group they're going to reach, how they're going to reach into a group of people. And then they take this message of the gospel and they testify they evangelize, they herald this message to people. They discuss, they have a conversation about this message to people. Now, I tell you, this is a powerful thought and should powerfully encourage us, and it powerfully encourages me. And I, maybe you'll pray with me tomorrow. We are working through the book of Philippians, which is a letter written by the great missionary, the Apostle Paul, to a cluster of Jesus followers that's just full of inspiration and insights uh, about how to follow Jesus and help others follow Jesus, how to how to continue the Jesus movement. And, and the, the insights and the inspiration in Philippians alone, in that little four-chapter book, is, is rich— for a time like this, for a time when people are without hope, and we still have hope that we need to tell them about. Anyway, that's a story from old Bittersweet Farm, where every day is a beautiful day, and the little light in the kitchen, it's always on.